it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Miami Heat, as I said on the show the other day, it's like Godfather Part 3. Every time you think they're out. Murray to tie it, Heat win. He pulled you back in. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. They are back in. I just think nobody cares on our team. That's what I think it is. I think it's the I don't give a damn factor. Earlier on the show, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti. Coming up, Baseball Hall of Famer, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. NHL on TNT analyst, Eddie Olchek. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great chat with Tony Petiti, the Big Ten Commissioner uh, in our number one. Eddie Olchek's going to join us to talk about the Stanley Cup final in hour number three. Chris Brockman, good to see you in your spot in hour number two. Great to see you, Rich. DJ Mikey D, Mike Del Tufo, good to see you good over see there. Um, and uh, and TJ Jefferson, um, is that an Oakland A's Reggie number nine that you have hanging in the corner over there, TJ? You got it? You got it? Next to my Dr. J oh, poster. It. Yes, it is. Yes, indeed. A it is. perfect day for you to bring that jersey in because of look course. who's joining us here in studio, in person, in the flesh. His uh, new uh, documentary on his life called Reggie is on Prime Video, available on Roku, uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. My first baseball idol. Um, I've got his baseball card right here in front of me. This is the this is the bad boy that helped me um, uh, fall in love with Reginald Martinez Jackson, the Baseball Hall of Famer here in the flesh. Great to see you, Reggie. Well, you know. Great to see you. I know. Just for the people listening, and we got, wait, what, maybe 45 minutes? Take your time, like Reggie. That. We got time. Um, I, I don't remember where I met you, but I know it was while you were broadcasting at ESPN. Yes. And you had just either met Susie, your wife, yes. or, or were just dating her or yes. something just, like that. We were just dating, Reggie. Just dating. Yeah. And um, I don't think anybody really knew, but I met you, sep- both of you, separately. Yes. And, um, and and when I saw I saw you and I, Susie, and I kind of looked and I could pretty much kind of size up that y- you guys were – kind of got something going, you know. <laughs> and so, so, I, so I said to her, I said, like, um, do you know him? She said, oh, yes. Uh, as uh, you guys close? Yes. <laughs> you well, know, I'll be honest and, with you, Reggie. We were dating long distance, and very rarely was I jealous of anything. But when she's like, I was hanging with Reggie again today, I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> Come on. 
And you couldn't have been more gentlemanly and kind to her when she was covering the Angels. That's probably yeah. when you met her. Yeah, when she was right. out here covering right. the Angels. Right. Right. You know, in the in the heyday yeah. of Tim Salmon and yeah. Darren Erstad yeah. and when they won the championship and you know, you know, the, the Angels back in the day yeah. when you were, you know, in the in right field for the naked yeah, gun yeah. back in the yeah. day, yeah. Reggie, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, it's great to have you here, and it's great to see your documentary, and it's great also to to have this conversation we're about to have um, <clears throat> about a subject that is very near and dear to you, which is the hiring practices of all major sports, and certainly when it comes to diversity and equity. And I'm wondering what, uh, you know, you've been about this for quite some time. I just want to give you the floor on that subject matter. You know, it's... To start off. It's... Um... It's something that I've, I guess, stri- strived or to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel fortunate that I was able to understand um, what's going on and the difficulty of it. Um, I I was not immune to it. You know, I was uh, denied owning a baseball team and never really had an offer or opportunity to be an executive with a baseball team at the it, it, well, I should interject that a couple of years ago Jim Crane did offer me uh, the presidency of of the Astros mm-hmm. um, really Whitney was was pushing Jim his wife mm-hmm. um, you should hire Reggie um, and I w- I wanted to but I figured gosh I'm in my 70s I, I just, maybe it's too much for me mm-hmm. So I became a special advisor, and I really have regretted that I didn't do it just for the minority community, just to represent that, yes. hey, we, we there's a president of a sports team, it's Reggie Jackson, and he's one of us, for other young minorities to strive and see that you could get there. Now, we're also in the same position with our general manager is the only black general manager in the major leagues. And so it is, again, it's something that I'm proud to be part of and associated with. And we interviewed uh, six people, four were black. Um, we chose our general manager because he'd been leapfrogged twice. He had uh, instructed or law, uh, uh, taught um, a couple of fellows that worked for him mm-hmm. that were... 20 years younger than him, but got jobs as GMs, and they passed over him. So it was something that our owner was supportive of, uh, made sure that it happened. And so, as you say, I've taken a significant interest in it because of things that have happened to me and things that have happened to so many of our uh, minority people. And as I discuss minority and diversity and equity um, involvement, um, you include women, you include uh, LBGTQ, and all of the, uh, there are 60-some-odd genders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you include all genders when you talk about hiring genders. Um, we do have a, a, a woman general manager in Major League Baseball, which is pretty cool. Uh, and as I was coming in today, I was making note uh, about what's going on in diversity that their uh, baseball has been improving, but not quite enough. Uh, the minorities that are on the rise, of course, are uh, the uh, Latin American mm-hmm. um, B 
because of the baseball population, if you will. But um, and there are now about twenty five or, or or thirty women that are working in the minor leagues. These are as as either coaches in the pipeline, in the pipeline, and, and then how they, that eventually will. Um, in get theory, there. bubble get to the actual major league surface. Get there. Right. Get there. And I know you're working with Reggie Jackson, Baseball Hall of Famer, here on the Rich Eisen Show. I know you're working with uh, Richard Lapchick, the director of the Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sports um, and the uh, president of the Institute for Sport and Social Justice. And uh, he's been listening in on this conversation. Spectacular guy. Uh, I've known that name for a very, very long time. Uh, his father is Joe Lapchick. Yes. And... Um, his dad brought uh, Sweetwater first, Clifton, right? First African American to play in the NBA, Sweetwater Clifton, and at a very, very young age. I don't know if there's a picture of Richard around. Yes, but at a very young age, um, when his dad brought Sweetwater Clifton into the league, he was hung in effigy on at his home. Mm. And his son was watching that. Richard was watching that at a very young age. And Richard, as you come on, mm -hmm. um, e explain that in in a, in a little bit of detail, please, uh, because it's a, a story that's well, important. Obviously, <laughs> first of all, happy to be with both of you. It was obviously a traumatic experience for a five-year-old boy to see that. Wow! Um, once I once I saw that it was my dad that had his name written on on the figure. <laughs> excuse me, the figure. Mm -hmm. And I would pick up uh, hate calls directed at him for the next couple of years. My dad not knowing I was listening on the extension, and all I could tell is that a lot of people hated my best friend, and it was, as Reggie said, many years later I would realize it was because he had signed Sweetwater. Clifton is the first black player in the history of the NBA, in a league that's now 80% black, uh, that in 1950 there were a lot of people that didn't seem ready for that to happen. So uh, as Reggie and I are sitting here, uh, Reggie Jackson here on the Rich Eisen Show and the director of the Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sports, Richard Lapchuk here on the phone. Richard, I guess, what would you say is the is the barrier um, that, that uh, so many people of color keep uh, running into uh, when it comes to being hired at the highest levels of management in North American major sports? Well, Rich, we've been monitoring this since literally the late 1980s, and various leagues have put in various policies in place to try and modify who gets hired in terms of increasing the opportunities, particularly for people of color. Uh, I went with Johnny Cochran and Cyrus Merry in 2002 to the NFL to threaten legal action if they didn't change their policy, and that's when the Rooney Rule was established, which worked really well for a while, but hasn't been sometime. But Seal could actually put that rule in place in baseball before the Rooney Rule. Um, but I think the bottom line and what I'm encouraged, I'm not sure if it came up in the early part of the discussion, is that, that Reggie, I believe, is going to have the opportunity to speak to the owners because that's where the decisions are finally made that, that stop the progress. I mean, you can put all the policies in the world in place, uh, but if the owners don't want to bring about that type of change, then they can beat the blockage. And I think one of the things that Reggie and I have talked about so often is that when – I started getting involved myself 50 years ago. We used to call diversity um, a moral imperative. Now I think everybody realizes it's also a business imperative. It's good for business uh, to have a diverse staff working for you because you're serving a diverse audience in different markets uh, around the country and around the globe. And you know the compelling 
kind of change of, of uh, the body politic after the murder of George Floyd was to look more deeply at the causes of systemic racism. And, and you know, this is one of them. And, and the wealth that's represented by the owners uh, is something that if they can be spoken to and influenced, as I hope Reggie will be able to do, and I'm convinced he will, um, then they can understand that this is, you know, not just about making this a more inclusive world, but making it a more inclusive world that's going to make the world itself better. You know, as, as um, you know, Richard states, Rich, yes. Um, the important thing is if if you get and more I think, people, you know, we're in, about to release the the Major League Baseball report card next week. Oh, and you know, it's still uh, you know a, a very obviously one owner of color. Appointed in 2000 or bought the team in 2003. Nobody's bought a, a major league baseball team as a majority owner for the next 20 years. Um, we're still hovering with, you know, a relatively small number of black head coaches and black general managers in the league. Um, it's better in the league office, but as Reggie pointed out, that there's a lot of way to go to make that improvement so that we can emphasize that business imperative as well as the inclusive part of it, um, that, you know, all around, whatever way you look at this, it's a step forward to be, to be more diverse and inclusive for your business as well as for your fan base. It's very, very important to, to have the judgments be, it, is it on, on meritology? Mm -hmm. It is rather than, just you know the color of your skin, yeah, if you that will. They're quali the qualifications it, of a candidate, woman, men, uh, you know, all all different types. Um, and so when you can talk about that, and I believe it's it, I need to talk about it, or that we need to address it. Yes, right. To the owners, um, because if you own a two billion dollar franchise, and that's on the lower end, yes. you're running up to four, five, six billion. Yeah. Um, it's going to be difficult for you to tell a person who to hire. At the same time, I think if you recognize that there's significant value here, um, which they're eventually looking for, is people to come to the ball games. And so if you see a, a woman that's a general manager or a woman that's a president, president of a team, um, if you see an Amerasian or a Latinx or an African-American, then that particular community recognizes it. At the same time, there are so many whites that recognize it as well. And there are so many people that when I got done doing my, my documentary, I have had more whites, and it should be that way if the mm -hmm. population reacts to you in, in reference of what's going on with the demographic communities that yes. we live in. It should be more white people, and it has been that way that it said, gosh, Reggie, I really enjoyed what you said and the differences that you had, the issues that you had um, when you were a baseball player. Thank you. And so <clears throat> that to me means I'm reaching everybody. So if we reach everyone um, and are, are doing the things and hiring the right people, putting the people in there on their merits, um, then you have people looking from different communities and that whether they're African-American community or, or whether it's a woman, 
you're going to attract that person as a fan Mm -hmm. and get them interested because you're showing that you care, you're concerned, and you understand what's going on socially. So what do you say, and I got Richard Lapchick on the phone, and you can answer after Reggie does, Richard, if that's fine. What do you say to people who have the opposite point of view, though, Reggie? It's just like, you know, why does everyone have to have a label? Why Why do we have to see things through race and through gender? Shouldn't shouldn't somebody just get the job regardless of that? Why does diversity have to matter is essentially the question. Because of what you said, if that person said what you said, Mm -hmm. um, you said, why shouldn't the person get the job on his merits or hers? was in the paragraph of, well, why do you have to be recognized as white, black, Asian, Latinx, whatever? Well, you have to be because I can look and see how the decisions are being made you don't have any Amerasians there. You don't have any women with you. Mm -hmm. Now, there's someone that's qualified, so that's why we have to at least make mention of it because it's not happening with your actions. So you need to change them. Rich, I'm handing off to you. Uh, Richard. Richard, yeah, Richard. (laughs) Richard, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, and I think a perfect example of, of where you have the right people in place as opposed to not having them uh, happened just several years ago with the commissioners in both in the NFL and the NBA. Uh, when the Ray Rice story broke and he got a two-game suspension after the video of, of his assault on his girlfriend, uh, and then the public had a big outcry. There was only a two-game suspension for something so terrible, and so he made it a six-game suspension. And at that point, there were no senior women in leadership positions in the NFL league office to advise Roger Goodell on what to do mm-hmm. uh, and how he should handle it. And he, had, during that year, finally hired three senior women as VPs to advise him, change the policy, and started to get it back on the right track with the NFL actually taking an offensive position against men's violence against women. But that could have happened right from the beginning and been, been great. In the NBA, uh, on a Friday night, a tape leaked with the owner of the L.A. Clippers making racist remarks to his girlfriend. Yes. And by the, by the next morning, uh, Adam Silver said, I will hold a press conference on Tuesday and let you know what the NBA's intentions are here to uh, just tackle this terrible thing. And Adam had uh, a whole uh, office full of people who looked different from each other, men, women, blacks, Latinos, everybody that could possibly advise them on it. And when Adam came out and said, "We will no longer. This man will never own a team in the NBA anymore. We're moving him as an owner," I never thought I would hear a commissioner say that. But Adam was saying that because that was the advice he was getting from that diverse group that worked with him, and that's why diversity is so important. Is you get those different perspectives, and then can make your best judgment. And in terms of who we hire specifically, you know, I think both Reggie and I would say, you know, you, you need to have a diverse pool of candidates in the room for every significant position. But in the end, if, if the guy looks, if the, if the person who was chosen looks like me and I'm a white guy instead of Reggie, who's black, then if that person was really chosen because he was the best, I think Reggie and I would both say that's the right person then. But you've got to have the best people in the room so you know you're choosing from the best to get the best. Hmm. There are so many people, Rich, if I can jump in ahead of you. Yes, Reggie. That come from different areas, different communities and their thoughts are different. What's important to someone that lives in Compton is not the same as someone that lives in Beverly Hills or Harlem and Scars, uh, Scarsdale. Yes, sir. Um, the, the, the needs, the desires, what's important to them is very different. One group 
is concerned about clothing, food, and heat, and the other group is concerning about either extending something on the house or what the holiday is going to bring because they live in a much more comfortable life. Reggie Jackson here, uh, Richard Lapchick. Hey, Richard, uh, I heard you're getting the Stuart Scott Inspire ESPY Award next month. Um, congratulations on that. And, you know, Stuart's so near and dear to me, having spent so much time with him uh, on the set. He would he would be all about what you're all about, Richard. That's for sure. Truly. I am, to say I'm honored and humbled by getting that award is, is a huge understatement, especially since it's named after Stuart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you. I appreciate that. You were, you were, if I may say, you were cooler than the other side of the pillow. Yeah, I was Richard. just going to say that. <laughs> that, that, that I belong, beat you to I, it. No, it just belongs to him. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that you did. Uh, it, it, I feel like you need to go to a break. No, go go ahead. Um, go ahead, Reggie. Uh, Richard, what? Um, I don't know how much long you're going to be be with us, but what I'd like you to add is, um, I know I take a look at. Um, I'm a car person, which everybody knows, and so. What's if I was going to build a car, Mm -hmm. um, I I would look for an engineer to design my heater that is from Alaska. If I was going to do the suspension, I would get an engineer from the Colorado Rockies. (laughs) If I was going to do an air conditioner, I'd have my engineer be from Arizona. Yes. From Phoenix. Yes. And if I was going to get my navigational system done, I'd have some guy from New York or from Harlem mm-hmm. where it's crowded and cluttered yes. to my nav system. And so those different views, ideas uh, from the people from those different communities, all are going to look different, all are going to be different. But, you know, the commonality of what I'm trying to do requires a unit to give me the best opinions. Uh, and, and along with that, um, Richard, I want you to pick up on on what I'm saying here to give it your definition. Um, when people see people like them in positions, then they're attracted to what you're doing and and want to learn more about it. So in the end run, um, Major League Baseball, the National Football League wants more people to come to the games. And so there's there's some green to it. Uh, in my experiences with uh, Honda, Amazon, PepsiCo, the Astros, mm-hmm. Jordan Brand, Nike, um, remind me, Ryan, if I'm, I'm leaving anybody out, but they all want to do business with people that have diverse um, um, uh, committees and people that want to work together and have differences and understand different things. And those companies that I've mentioned, most of them won't work with a company if they don't have a diversity group. Um, They have all, several have told me, Reggie, in interviews now with young people, within the first 30 seconds, they're interviewing the company. And the young person will ask, do you have a carbon footprint? Do you have a diversity group? And if they don't, they'll get up and walk out. Reggie Jackson here on the Rich Eisen Show. Richard, you have uh, one last thing to add before we, uh, we send you on to your, your, good, uh, your good day, sir? <laughs> well, just that I want to point out that it's much easier today for athletes to speak out because of the rise in public opinion after the racial reckoning a couple of years ago, but when Reggie Jackson started speaking out during his playing career, 
it was literally a threat to his playing career because players like Kurt Flood and others paid tremendous prices for speaking out. So, you know, to have Reggie still all these years later still speaking out, still fighting for the right thing is a, a real testament to who he is. Still swinging for the fences. Richard, thanks uh, again at Richard Lapchick. Follow him on Twitter for more uh, on this very important issue. Congratulations in advance uh, of the Inspire ESPY Award next next month. And, Thank uh, you so much. You know, if you need, hey, Richard, if you need any Stuart Scott phrases to put into your speech, <laughs> I'm, yeah. a, I'm a walking encyclopedia, okay? I'll be, I'll be back at you. You're Thank doing you it. You're doing, me, you're doing it, doing it, and doing it well. Uh, thanks for the call, Richard. Talk to Appreciate you soon, Richard. Reggie. That's, that's Richard Lapchick here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take a break. Do you want to talk a little baseball when we come back? Absolutely. Your, your career? This is so awesome. Reggie Jackson is here on the Rich Eisen Show in the flesh. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial as well here on the program. We're back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, radio audience is still away for a couple more minutes, sitting on the Roku channel live with Reggie Jackson, Hall of Famer. Let's sneak in a clip of Reggie on Prime Video, which is also available right here on Roku. He created excitement on and off the field. Please welcome number 44, Mr. October, Reginald Martinez Jackson. This is about my past. 
don't think it's checkered. Now Reggie is out of the ballgame. I wasn't like because I'm the truth. And the truth is painful. It's not cocky, it's real. You aren't going to sugarcoat anything. I'm happy for him to have an opportunity over here and spread his knowledge. Reggie is a guy that can carry a ball club. You were involved all over the place. And I said, well, maybe this guy's for real. You were. This is my story and how I see it. My history of the past 74 years makes me think, have I done enough? I was angry because I've constantly fought an uphill battle. Strike three. Once I was on the field, I felt like I was in charge. And it is a home run. At this stage, I want to make change. We still need dignity. That is not too much to ask for. Fantastic, Reggie. Thank you, sir. Just absolutely. I mean, that's that's our childhood, that's, right? He's I, from New I Jersey. I'm from Reggie Staten Island. Play as a kid. This is amazing. This is amazing. I Reggie, love it. Reggie Jackson here on the Rich Eisen Show. Our radio audience is about to return right here on the Roku channel, and we are right back here. The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network back on the air. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. We just saw on our Roku channel only segment a terrific trailer for the spectacular film Reggie on Prime Video available on Roku right now. Reggie Jackson here in studio. When you see old footage of you homering, just lashing balls in the right field stands, hitting light towers, home runs in the World Series. What, what do you think when you see that footage, Reggie? Um, I, I never get tired of it. Yeah. You know, I'll say that. Um, uh, at the same time, I, I'd like to see him maybe show a few stolen bases or maybe <laughs> throwing a couple of guys out or a catch or two. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, as, as, as long as they, they keep playing the uh, keep playing the, those little short vignettes or short, short pops of me hitting the ball out of the ballpark, then... People will remem remember you, and uh, it always makes your family feel good, and, and me as well. What was about October that caused you to just rise to the moment, Reggie? I, I had a, a an ability to focus and really narrow it down to pitch by pitch, uh, you know, at bat by at bat, but really it went to pitch by pitch. Um I think that I used our scouting reports, which now would be called analytics, mm -hmm. um, in, in order to narrow things down against different pitchers. And I had the fortune of taking pitches away from certain pitchers. Mm -hmm. um, if I played against Master Smith, who pitched for the Dodgers, or or and and he had a great fastball, great curveball, and a fantastic changeup. Um, I hit his breaking ball out of the ballpark two or three times in facing him. And so I could eliminate, I could take things away from certain pitchers. Um, I'd hit a couple you know, couple home runs, but I hit yeah, home runs off a, off a lot of guys. Uh, and so I could take a slider away from this guy and I could take a fastball away from that guy that he couldn't throw me in those situations. So when you evaluated and said, well, this guy throws a lot of fastballs, I could, I'd could i say to myself, not to me, he don't. <laughs> he ain't going to throw me no fastball. <laughs> but then, but th that, that's 
all well and good, but when you're in the crucible of a World Series in New York City, right? Or yes. yeah, yeah. That's how are you like where where's the laser focus come there? Or is it just like you did you envision like I homer here, this is just gonna be lit? Did that ever go through your mind? In a- um, I did go to home plate to hit home runs sometimes. I, I would be lying if I say you, if I told the little league kids, you, you, you should never go to home plate and think hitting a homer. <laughs> and, and because I remember Mickey Mantle said, yeah, I, I tried to hit a home run every time I went to home plate, and I was only successful 536 times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did go to the plate in the World Series and my third time up to hit the ball out of the ballpark, uh, and I hit it. Uh, and I've had other times in my career when I went to the ballpark, I mean, went to the home plate to hit the ball over the fence and, and did it. I, I'm so... I get emotional seeing you talking to you, you know, seeing my name on a microphone because that home run you just referred to the third one against the Dodgers. Yeah. If I had to be, if I had to pinpoint the moment I fell in love with baseball, if I had to pinpoint the moment that I fell in love with the Yankees, that was it. Had to be it. Because I'm like, he, he's not going to hit this thing. There's just no way he's going to hit this thing for a third home run in this World Series to win the World Series. And then you did, and it was longer than the ones you had already hit. And I'm getting goosebumps just even talking about it. I have an opportunity to tell you this in front of everybody here. That that was it for me, Reggie. So thank you. I appreciate it, and I thank you. You know, because yeah. I, 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 I will never forget that. Is that your biggest home run, do you think? I mean, I know you hit a light tower in an all-star <laughs> game, but, I mean, is that your biggest out of all of them, uh, do you think? Th- that's probably the most well-known um I don't know if it was the biggest home run. I hit a ball in in September in 77, I think it was, against Reggie Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And it was around September, middle of the month of September, and we were half game ahead of the Red Sox. And we had a three-game series. And I've always tell people that when this postseason starts or when the stretch starts, it starts – Around August the 20th, 15th to the 20th. Then all the games are two because the loss column is what matters. Go back to the game against the Red Sox, and we were a half game in, and I was hitting in the bottom of the eighth. Um, and I hit a home run off Reggie Cleveland to make the score three to two. We were losing two to one. If we lose the game, we're a half game out. Hmm. If we win, we're a game and a half in. Mm-hmm. That's two in one game. And that you think is bigger than the, that, the, the loss column. Got it's it. the loss column that counts. Sure. And You'd s- have been even in the loss column. Huh. Now we're two in the loss column because we were one up. And that's bigger than the one that you hit in the World Series, you think, um, just because it, of that? It, it was the most meaningful. How about that? It, it, most meaningful. It's... When you get to the loss column, once your team is 10 games out in the loss column, look for next year. Because <laughs> to me, that, that home run when you, you beat the Dodgers and you win that World Series, and I, it felt to me, maybe, you could tell me I'm wrong, that it was like, yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's why Steinbrenner brought me here. That's why I said I'm a straw. That's why I said this is a drink that I'm stirring. And that's why... I am here, not in Oakland anymore. I'm on the biggest stage, and I just did that. 
and so to hell with you all. Like, is that a... I would say you're right there. I'm not going to die. I even said to hell with... Didn't say the hell with you all, but yeah. you're right with all the words. Mm -hmm. But for me, the most meaningful was the one that helped us win better. Ah. That was like just... I, so I'll rub this, I'm going to rub this in your... The last home run was like, you know, I, I can either rub it in your face or I can run around the bases. I could do that kind of thing. But the most meaningful homer for my image was mm -hmm. the third home run. Mm -hmm. But the most meaningful home run probably in my career was the two-game move against the Red Sox in 77. And the best hit you ever had, though, was on the fan when you're coming off the field, right? <laughs> right. right. Was the best contact of your career? Was that when you were hitting the fans coming off the field when they yes, were coming? Yes, yes. Was that, that that your some of your that's football that's background coming? My, yes, <laughs> yes. Joe Montana signed, signed a football autograph of football for me. Yeah, and he said, "Reggie, you should have played our game." <laughs> Joe, <laughs> when did you meet Franco Harris for the first time? Because you're um, a Steeler fan, right? Reg? Yeah, I met Franco Harris when Franco had injured ribs in 1972 in Oakland mm -hmm. in their game against them. Yeah. That's when you met That's him. That's when I met Frank. Were you a Steeler fan on the spot, or were you a Steeler fan growing up? I was up a Steeler or? fan growing up. Okay. Yeah, because they, they had more black players than the Eagles, and so you just gravitated toward toward them. And then they got good. And then they, they got, got great. And they got great. Thanks to Franco's right. catch. And, you know, he just passed. You got a good Jim Brown story for me, Reggie? Um, <clears throat> one of the, the great things I learned about Jim um, – and I, I met him here in the L.A. area for for the first time. Mm -hmm. But um, Jimmy said to me, he said, Reggie, you know, when you're uh, talking about um, making change and having blacks in certain positions, being treated differently, mm -hmm. <clears throat> don't ever disparage the white man because you need the white man to make change. He has power. So be sensitive there. And so, and I've told that story and I'm proud to tell it um, because G people think Jim was so gruff. Um, he had, a, he had a, a great style for all of us that followed him mm -hmm. and all of us that might admired him because he was invincible, you know, throughout his entire life. Um, and I think one of the, <clears throat> the things I wish that, that could have happened, I think Jim asked for a, not a funeral, no, no, no no glorification. Um, I wish they would have had a memorial for him because the world would have came. Well, there's still time, I hope. I, I, I didn't know that about what Jim's yes. wishes were, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Reggie Jackson here uh, on the, the Rich Eisen Show. Let me just return to some baseball. Who's the toughest pitcher you ever faced? I get this question a lot. Um, there were a lot of guys that were tough from time to time, um, be it a, a Seaver or a Jim Palmer or a Fergie Jenkins, um, or or be it a, a, a an obscured left-hand pitcher, um, Rudy May was tough. Um, it was a guy that pitched for the Angels and he pitched for the Kansas City Royals, and his name was Andy Hassler. He was six five. He threw ninety five to ninety eight, and he was wild, and he was left-handed, and. You know, I was pretty good intimidator when I when I was younger, mm -hmm. but I always thought like, 
I really don't want to fight this dude, <laughs> but if if he hits me, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't want to get my ass beat <laughs> and, get, and get hit, you know. But um, he was tough because he 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 was he was lefty and he was wild and and he he didn't hit you on purpose, right? But you you know you just were a little little afraid so of him. So that's but, the guy, huh? Yeah. One of the I I hit a home run off him and I was so proud, you know. Okay. I was running around the base. And said, ah, I finally got Andy Asler. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reggie Jackson here on the Rich Jackson Show. Your favorite George Steinbrenner story. Oh, God. Reggie Jackson. What do you have for me there? George M. Steinbrenner Third. What do you got for me? I have, uh, I, I, I got a couple. And um, George was, was getting on one of our people. And it was it was unnecessary. I feel you know our one of our ticket guys. Okay. And I was like, George, what are you doing? Is she yelling at that guy? He's going to be crying pretty soon. And he says, "You be quiet and let me just yell at him." <laughs> like, okay. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I shut up. When did, so he he did you get along with him? Uh, I did get along with George. Um, there would be people that his in order to get to the seats, mm-hmm. if you were an owner, you had to go through his office to walk through the past the office and then go out and sit in the Yankee seats that were outside his office. Yes. And the people that would come by were New York people, super wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in a bad mood. People would come by and I, he would say, so he, so they could hear him. Mm-hmm. Who are they? And I said, well, they're the Oceans. You know, they've been here for like 25 years. Boss, they're going out to sit down. Well, I don't like them coming through here. And he made sure they heard it. There were people, you know, everybody would come in and he'd look and he'd, he'd make a comment and the same thing. Um, I remember sitting in his office when the season was over. I was talking to him before I went home. And um, I was working as his, you know, personal assistant or special mm-hmm. advisor, and our trainer was outside, Gene Monahan, and he was sitting outside when I got there, and I'm there an hour and a half, and he's still outside. And I said, George, you know, Gene Monahan is out, out at the uh, waiting to, to visit with you. He said he is. I said, yeah, he just wants to visit with you and talk about some things before he goes in. He says, have him come in. So. Gene's a super guy, tremendous trainer, and he comes in, and, and George goes, Monahan, <laughs> Reggie, is he still with us? <laughs> and and I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. He, he looks at Monahan, and he says, are you still with us? Are you on our staff still? And after he got over that, you know, they had a conversation. But he would do stuff like that. You met Joe DiMaggio, I imagine, right? Yes. You got a good Joe D story? I mean, was this, what is it? Uh, so Joe like, D yeah. was with the A's. And um, just having him around, it was special. You know, he was just a general, like, like if Mays or Bill Russell came in and sat down and you, he was sitting on a bench. He didn't say anything to you, but he's just there. Mm-hmm. So he was that kind of an icon. So... <clears throat> 
I see Joe after I'm retired, and we're going to an autograph show. And at the time, for autograph shows, Joe got 250000 in income. So we're going to an autograph show in Chicago. We're in the same cab. And so a, a beggar comes up to, to the, mm -hmm. the cab, and um, the cab driver stops. Joe turns to me and says, get the cabbie, will you, Reggie? I said, mm -hmm. Sure. So we go get outside, and we walk by the beggar, and he says, Reggie, give, a, give that guy 20, will you? And I was like, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was going to get about 20 grand. Joe's getting 200, mm -hmm. and I'm tipping the people for him. That's how, so wait a minute, you he, and he, Joe DiMaggio were in a cab together he, in he, Chicago going to a signing show? Like He just, was uh, frugal. Yeah. <laughs> I picked that up. Yeah, 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 I got that. I have that. to say that. Joe DiMaggio gets to be frugal, not mm. cheap. Uh, I'm going to take a break. One more break, if you don't mind. And then uh, have you. I got a couple more questions for I you. I got you. Reggie Jackson's here for crying out loud. This is right. amazing, man. This, this is, is a this lot is of fun. Amazing. Reggie Jackson is yeah. here on the Rich Eisen Show. He's going to be here the full hour. This is how we roll into with break. Me. We'll be back with more in just two minutes. So. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. All right, we've been on the air almost nine years. This may be the greatest thing that's ever happened on this program. Uh -oh. Reggie Jackson, you are opening up Reggie bars. I can't oh. get it open. Here, oh, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> oh, just... oh, thank you very much. Oh, 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 oh. These oh. are 
honestly, oh. Reggie, some of the best candy bars in the history yep. of candy bars. Oh, yeah. Well, didn't, they, didn't they throw it at you once? Didn't they, weren't they like... Th- uh, thank you. In 1978, they covered the field with them. I remember that, right? You're out there in right field yes. and people start throwing yes. Reggie bars at yeah. you. Yeah. There you go. Oh, my gosh. These are the greatest of all time, Reggie. <laughs> Another oh goat. Gosh. Made. It is. This is. Have you, have you guys ever had a Reggie bar? Oh, I, I definitely have. Oh, my God. Ready? Yeah, broccoli. Oh, boy. Go get it. TJ, you want a Reggie bar? There you go. Hey, give me that. <laughs> Here, hey. There you go. Here you go, TJ. There you go. Oh, Better throw. Give me another one. Give me another one. There you go, Reggie. There you go, Reggie Bars. Being thrown out. You ready you go. over there? There you go. Hey! <laughs> Perfect. By you the way, Montana's right. By the way, Montana's right. You should have played football. <laughs> this is amazing. We're going to keep these on the set here. Yes. Got them going on. We got them in Houston. And uh, there's a, a grocery store called HEB. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in 18 states. They're going to have them out in about a month or so. Uh, they're at Dylan's Candies in okay. New York, okay. and they're going to be at the Academy, um, the uh, sporting goods stores in, uh, in in Texas and all the areas around that. Should be so, in the friggin' Smithsonian, Reggie. Are. These are so good. <laughs> I'm serious. So we are. Oh, I can't wait to bite into one of these Reggie bars. They're forever here on the Rich Eisen Show oh. set now. How great is it, Chris? <laughs> right? Is this the greatest ever? It's, yeah. It, it, what? Yeah, <laughs> do you take a bite? Do you take a bite? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Fantastic. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show uh, Radio Network. Hey, Reggie let me get photo brought... with one on your deal. Oh, yeah, sure. Here we go. Right now? You want to hold it up? Here you go. No, I was just going to take I was going to take, take one. Reggie. Oh, okay. There you go. Reggie Bars. Reggie brought Reggie Bars. This is first brought up to you in 1977, right? 1978. We okay. went to the... Uh, I, I did a deal with Standard Brands and Nestle's and... First time up, they gave out 40-some thousand bars, or as many as you want. We yeah. had about 45,000 people. And I hit a home run, because I, I did a home run in the Dodger Stadium, went to New York, hit three, and then the next time I went to bat, I hit another home run. So I hit the home run this time, and they threw the bars on the field. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing it, and I said, oh, gosh, I, I wonder if it tastes good. Maybe they don't like it. But I didn't quite understand what the celebration was about, you know, and so yeah. it was pretty cool. This, look at this. There it is on the field. That was the old Clark bars. There it is. Oh, my gosh. I'm eating Reggie bars with Reggie Jackson on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> this is insane. This is, <laughs> this is amazing. I never thought this would ever happen. I'm, you have it. Enjoy not, one teacher. I'll tell you everybody. what. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> Although the one Reggie threw to me, I'm putting that to the side. I'm going to leave that one. They'll sit here on set in New Jersey. I'm well, never we might gonna have coming. We might have a, 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 a something going on with, with Jordan for a, a, a legacy shoe. Okay. Oh. Possibility. That would be great. Oh. oh, by the way, Dodger Stadium, if I'm not mistaken, despite you playing for the Angels against the Mariners, also the spot where you attempted to kill the Queen, right? <laughs> right? In the Naked Gun? Isn't that Dodger Stadium? Yeah. How'd you get involved with that? In that movie? Reggie? I, I can't think of the guy that I knew that got me involved, but he was the producer, one of the Zucker brothers. Okay, right. Okay. okay. And so... That's how I got involved with that. Did they explain you? <laughs> that you're, no, not that really. You're an assassin? Or? You want to be in a movie, 
And at the time, I'd been in a couple uh, movies. I think I've been in about 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, sure, it pays good. And Here you are. It's in California. <laughs> I'll be there. There you were. <laughs> right there. I met the Queen of England in 1976 when I was with the Orioles. The real one? Yes. Okay. And um, she said after the game that there was a Sir Reginald there, and he took off. He's the only <coughs> gentleman mm -hmm. that took off his bonnet. Okay. I had taken my hat off. Okay. And um, so I, she made she made a note of that. Okay. So you have actually met the real queen? <coughs> Something like that. Okay. I think you got some water in the Rich Eisen Show mug to you right there, Reggie. This is great. Reggie, Reggie Jackson is washing down a Reggie bar with a Rich Eisen Show uh, mug full of water. This is happening. If you had told me in, when, I, in, in, when I was eight in 1977, <laughs> falling in love with this man in baseball, I'd be like, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen yeah, in my life. Rich, I'm looking at Reggie's IMDb page. Yes. And just keeping in tune with other things you love. Yes, like sir. you love Reggie. Yes. Reggie was also on the love boat. You were on the love boat? Yes. That would have been my I guess. I was on the love boat. <laughs> Who were you in the love boat with? Um, Remember? I, I, the, the, the black guy that had the mustache? I was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the bartender. Thousands of them. No, I just didn't know guys. who were you, like, who was, what was your plot? Were you, were you Reggie Jackson uh, on the love boat or you were playing I someone Reggie, else? I was Reggie and I, I wasn't getting, uh, I wasn't being able to meet any girls or something like that. And then I just started yelling my, walking around the boat yelling my name. It was something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 1979. 1979. Who else was in that episode? Do we know? Um, well, Come on, look it see. up. This is amazing. No, Nin it can't be anybody. I, I had to be big enough to hold a whole show. <laughs> <laughs> if you have other guys on the show, then, you know, guys like Rocket and Montana say, man, you couldn't do it alone. No, of course not. You couldn't carry it by yourself. It's like Phyllis Diller, like 1979, where <clears throat> that's like a... Oh boy, these are. Really I think get that from Jeter. Jeter will say, "Oh, you must have needed help. <laughs> you, you just in your name didn't carry the show, ready, so you 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 can't do that." Jeter, is that what you said? He was saying yeah, that? yeah, you can't you, you can't mm. you can't have help. You, if you go somewhere and you can't get in, yeah, and then you have to tell them who you are. Mm -hmm. That you better not tell anyone else. Is it like really? A man didn't know you when you walked up. <laughs> you ain't one of the guys anymore. Oh, Reggie, this has been amazing. I can't thank you enough for coming on here. This place is uh, available to you whenever you want to promote anything, talk about any subject matter. Appreciate you, know you buddy. You got to have me back one day. Oh. I see I'm invited. Anytime. What are you All doing right. tomorrow? <laughs> you know what you know uh be, be, before we go here you got a minute Could we we will have a minute and a half in about 30 seconds okay <clears throat> all right um so i don't i i, I will i, I, I want to make sure that the diversity thing that i'm yes you know embarking on uh with mlb i'm looking forward to yes. being able to talk to ownership next week mm -hmm. in, at the owners meeting um, but I'm really proud that so many of the companies I'm associated with, from Nike to Jordan to, and they're almost the same, but not, um, Honda, Amazon. That they're all back in your uh, play. They're all back in my play and proud to be associated with the thing, with, with the diversity, mm -hmm. what I'm trying to, how I'm trying to communicate mm -hmm. to make the world a better place for everybody. Reggie, uh, I'm glad that you have these people in your life, and um, uh, I'm just did know I that. Did I say Honda? Yes, you did. I heard that. Um, just know that um, Susie and I are two of them. 
You know that. I know that. You know I that. Do know that. Whatever, whatever you need, whatever we could do to help, and you know. Say the missus hello to the missus. I will. For me. I'm sure she's driving right now, saying, "How the hell is Reggie not mentioning me more often?" <laughs> and by the way, just so you know, I'm going to need another Reggie bar because I. Well, there were 24 right. of them in oh here. There were 24 of them in here. <laughs> Um, Chris Lee, 21. Just the latest example, by the way, of people that I met through Susie. Yeah, that right. you people would assume that you know, people, people would assume like, I would just meet on my own. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and then there's this card. This is my first card. I put it in. I might have put it in this plastic literally decades ago. The 19 all. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit ragged. I got to throw a sign on it for you when, uh, God bless before you. I leave. I appreciate that. We also, if you don't mind, we've got a New York Yankee Stadium bench if, as well, if you From don't mind. From the bleachers, Reg. That's you it. You probably hit a home run onto one of them. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, here's the note. Here's the note. Reggie's two-run home run in the ninth inning helped the Yankees beat the Bo Sox on September 14th, really? 1977. That's just the one note. Wow. That's what it said. No, it's not. Really? I swear to you, the one that you kind of brought up wow. as your biggest home run is on the back of this wow. baseball card. That's crazy. And scene. I had no idea. That's-